What's up, my podcast listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and we are getting really, really close to my 400th episode. Fuck, that is crazy to me to think that I will be at that milestone really, really, really soon. Um, and now I recently just got uh, a brand new listener that reached out to me saying like, oh, I just like started listening to your first episode. And honestly, that first episode is so bad, so bad. I was so nervous and I apologize for anyone brand new listening to my show that went that far back to listen to my first episode. I promise it gets better. I promise. Um, so before I get started today, we got to do some shout outs because I am quite popular in the state of Texas right now. Uh, my first top three cities are all in Texas. So first city in Texas is Dallas. And then we have El Paso and Plano. Plano, Plano, hopefully I said that correctly. But yeah, three cities in Texas. Shout out to everyone in Texas listening to my show. And number four. I believe this might be the first time this country's ever been on my top 10. Uh, I'm pretty sure they popped on like top 20 at least, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this city's name, but Hugoward, Hero, Hero Go Word. Out of the Netherlands, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm totally terrible at pronouncing other cities from outside of Canada and the States, so I apologize. Um, but yeah, shout out to everyone in the Netherlands listening to my show. Super, super cool. All right, so I'm going to close this up. Topic for today, we are going to talk about foot and toe mobility and health and strength and all that fun stuff because... Um, one, I did get a request to do this, and two, literally right before I just, um, what's it called, uh, started recording this, I posted a entire toe activation mobility series that I'm going to go over in this uh, video and also kind of talk about the importance of having adequate control over feet. So if you look at um, the design of our hands and feet, they're very, very identical, very, very, very similar. Um, even bone structure, I believe I can have this mixed up. And I think I said this on my show before that it's either our hands or our foot. Um, one of them has 26, um, bones and the other one has 27. So they're very, very identical. So when it comes to these two joints in particular, um, they showcase a lot of similar traits, but the only difference is, is that we have our feet constantly covered by um, our socks and shoes almost all day. And if you're the typical person when they come home, they don't typically go barefoot. They're in like slippers and socks or whatever else thing that you wear at home. And it's a shame because we are, you know, Dr. Andrew Spina would always say this, basically putting little casts on our feet and you expect your feet to react the way that they're designed when you do something active. 
um, especially something like running that requires all those small little intricate muscles in the foot to function the way that they're designed. So imagine you taking your hands and putting like mittens on them and then trying to go on your iPhone and try to like swipe left, right and text it. You wouldn't really get that far and you don't have that tactile touch, right? So our hands, like our hands exposed to our daily environment gets a lot of good feedback and you know, it can adapt to that feedback. Our feet don't really get that. And you know, this whole um, topic of foot health and foot strengthening really will come down from the work of, um, I always butcher her last name and I've had her on my show, Dr. Emily Spickle. I'm pretty sure Spickle. Um, she is literally the person that I've learned so much from. Um, I was first exposed to her at a conference probably now seven or eight years ago and it just blew my mind how much she knew about the foot and she's actually... Um, a surgeon by trade so she actually knows a lot about the foot um when it comes to the surgery side but then she also realized that every time she did a surgery to like say fix a bunion or some other foot thing um she actually made the patient a lot worse down the road um than actually better and you know this whole idea of surgery um when it comes from like a biomechanical standpoint, again, this is my opinion and the opinions that I've heard from other fitness professionals that are more so on the rehab, rehab side, I can't speak today, um, that have seen patients post-op when it comes to these things and they all kind of said the same thing is like, you know, a surgeon kind of looks at a problem like, okay, my door is not closing. I'm going to shave off the door and now it closes. Whereas like a exercise physiologist, a physiotherapist, chiropractor that works with patients post-op or pre-op, whatever it is, they don't look at like, oh, the door's not closing I'm gonna, and they want to shave it off. I'm going to look at the hinges. Maybe there's something wrong there and let's fix that problem instead, right? And a lot of times surgery on these kind of things will lead to some improvement, um, from like a pain standpoint of like, say your pain out of 10 is a seven and you get surgery and now you're down to a five, but it's still there, right? It doesn't really take away the problem. And then say 10 years down the road, you're kind of back to square one and things are kind of worse. And maybe something else is bucking you now. And the foot is kind of one of those things. So, you know, say you've been walking in a certain gait for your entire life and now you have to get some sort of surgery on your foot because x y and z let's just not get into the different things out there you get surgery for um and then you know pain goes away your foot's awesome but now you're getting like medial knee pain for some reason and then your hip and low back hurts for some reason all because of what happened down below in your foot or your toe whatever it is um, and that's what um, Dr. Emily Spickle, I'm just going to call her Dr. Emily from now on because I don't want to keep butchering her name if I'm doing it wrong. Um, that's what she re quickly realizes that she was actually making her patients worse with these traditional um, surgeries for the foot. And then she kind of ventured in like, okay, what are you know, corrective exercises or a way to like rebuild the foot from the ground up? And um, she's now 
quite the educator in that realm. So I highly recommend you check her out or even go to the episode. Um, what's it called? Um, within my podcast, it would have been like two years from now, like from this date uh, that I had her on my show. And then I had another um, surgeon for ankles, feet, and toes. Can't even remember his name now. Because he actually reached out to me, which was pretty cool to have a surgeon reach out to me to get on the podcast. And he was really, really knowledgeable as well. Both are actually, funny enough, from New York. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, um, so that being said, the people that are listening, um, there's going to be a large portion of this episode where I'm going to showcase my foot and all the exercises that you should be doing. But let's get a little bit back into um, the structure and function of the foot so when you think about it um, when you walk there is a series of events that has to happen at the foot in order for you to propel yourself forward so if you think of a heel strike going first a little bit of uh, supination meaning you're gonna go to the outer portion of your foot and then you're going to pronate down towards the big toe and then you're going to push off the big toe to propel yourself forward so it's almost like a heel out in down to push yourself over um well forward sorry and a lot of times when people don't have strong enough feet they'll do weird things like they'll like overly pronate or overly supinate or you know they're flat-footed whatever it is um and the big thing that people need to do is start training barefoot and start rebuilding their arch, rebuilding the small intrinsic muscles. And um, a guy way, way, way before his time um, named Vladimir Yonda, who was a physiotherapist probably back, I wanna say in the 50s or 60s, um, coined and created, I believe, this is how as far back as I could find um, an exercise called short foot that would help rebuild the arch. And, you know, a lot of people out there will utilize this or they've heard it and a lot of physios, chiros use it too. And it's such a small little, little movement to rebuild. And like, I'm a type of person that like, if there's a training concept, rehab concept, whatever it is, I want to go back to the source. I don't want to go to the person that's just re-irritating the information because sometimes, you know, their take on it might be a little bit different from what the original person, you know, designed that for. And um, sometimes just the, the language or how they describe it from the very beginning kind of gives you a little bit more um, context and you'll understand it. So when you think about... Um, going back to the source is literally kind of like the best way to understand a concept because a lot of times when people reiterate a, a message it's kind of um, lost or kind of diluted a little bit but long story short uh, Vladimir was way beyond his time he understood the body quite quite well and now you see a lot of physios and chiros utilizing his methods and principles and things like that when it comes to understanding the body so it's super cool when you kind of go down that rabbit hole but anyway um that being said um <clears throat> maybe we should actually start going into these exercises so i'm going to tilt this guy down 
so you can see my foot. So, short foot. If you look at my foot, the idea is to get this arch activated. So the big toe that's on the ground, you wanna think of literally shoving it into this big joint. So you're kind of, you wanna think of pulling like this, but this joint right here that's popping off the ground, like I can put my finger under it, should stick to the ground as hard as possible. So I'm literally just pulling in and down, pulling in and down. So when you see my next pull, you already see that arch activating and relax, pull, relax. It's a small, small little movement. And a lot of people have trouble trying to figure out how to do that without like curling their foot in like this. And what's funny about um, this little exercise, this little short foot that I'm doing over and over again, it's a small little, little thing. But if you put your fingers like on your arch underneath here and you start doing that, you can feel the small little intrinsic muscles um, contract. And the funny thing is like, if you are a kettlebell person and you start doing swings or if you watch someone doing swings barefoot and you watch their arch, every time they drive the kettlebell back and as they get to the top of their swing and they snap their hips, you see their arch literally fire up to root themselves into the ground. And I would classify a kettlebell swing as a way to build up your arch. And there's a reason why um, people in the kettlebell world utilize um, barefoot training, right? So um, it builds strong feet and people miss that mark a lot and we just need more stimulation of that foot. Um, a lot of times when people try to, you know, go down the barefoot um, craze, they kind of do too much too soon and then end up with more problems. But if you look at um, kind of the progression, if someone were to start training barefoot, like the easiest thing is like in your warm up, go barefoot, right? Don't just go the entire hour now barefoot training because you're going to fatigue those muscles. You're going to make them worse, right? It's kind of similar to like, oh, I want to start running. You're not going to go run a full marathon this weekend. You're going to like build up to it. Same thing with um, barefoot training, right? Like you can overly strain. You can do more damage than um, do more harm than good, right? So short foot is kind of the first um, progression I get people doing when trying to rebuild their arch. It's that small little pull. Um, that is a great starting point. But then the other aspect to it, like depending on what you're dealing with, is um, just doing some soft tissue work. Because sometimes uh, what I find with people's feet is they're, they're very, very, very stiff. And we haven't even really got up to the chain of like the ankle itself. But the bottom of your foot, and I'm literally showing my foot to the camera, like there's a lot of fascia and soft tissue in there before it gets into the bone. Like it's thick, it's really, really, really thick. And in order for that to stuff to loosen up, one, you have to add some like movement for it to kind of reinforce to the nervous system that that particular said tissue needs to move, 
right? It's the said principle, right? It's, it adapts to a specific stress. So if I'm stressing my feet to move outside of their normal of being in a sock and shoe all day, then the little muscle cells that are in there that are responsible for movement um, are going to adapt to that stress. So that being said, um, literally getting a lacrosse ball, tennis ball, uh, golf ball at the bottom of the foot just to start moving um, that tissue will help um, if you went through like a standpoint of like rehab like depending on how bad your feet are you can get rock taped you can get kinesio taped same thing um, cupping can be done you can do some instrument assisted and you can literally get some like soft tissue work from a manual therapist to kind of move the process a little faster but if you're not going down that route then you have your short foot you have your soft tissue and we're going to get into the other exercises right now as well i'm going to tilt this camera down now if you look at my foot that's super white <laughs> sorry sorry people at home i'm blinding you right now in my kin stretch class, I do this every single time. And actually another thing to note, if you look at my foot, there is a huge gap between my big toe and my rest of my toes. And that is a good in, in, um, inclination of uh, balance. So if you look at um, chimpanzees, for example, or just monkeys in general, their feet are literally like my hand. So where my thumb is and where my fingers are, there's a huge separation. And that allows them to spread out more to have more of a base of support. So then they can literally wrap around a branch and now they have really, really good balance and stability, right? A lot of times people's feet, um, the big toe is kind of like smushed in like this against their other toe. And then you'll see already like this big knuckle here, a lot of people will get that bunny informed because they're wearing shoes that literally goes into this like triangle position and just scrunches up the feet together like this. And over time, like again, our body adapts to the stress you put on it. So if I'm wearing a shoe like this, that's crushing my fingers together. And think about what I was just saying about how uh, a step happens. You go on your heel, you're supposed to go down, out to the side, into the, um, into pronation and then the big toe pushes off for propulsion, right? So if I have this all crumbed together like this, the only really way to do it, like it's, it's really awkward to do it with my hand though, um, heel out and then pronate. So if I'm pronating with this kind of position of my toe in the shoe, like this is gonna take up a lot of stress and your body's gonna build more calcium around that to protect that joint. And then boom, you formed a bunion and eventually that's gonna get super um, pain, uh, painful. But if you train your feet and you wear proper footwear, you're gonna end up with space in between to give you more balance. If you look at gymnasts, they have the same, um, same foot setup or someone like in Cirque du Soleil, they have really good balance because they have good separation between the toe. But for the most part, everyone's big toe is kind of crushed like this and then bunion forms. And that's really hard to do the exercises I'm about to show you if you're used to this like eight to 12 hours a day, right? So in my kin stretch class, the simplest thing that I get people to do is like, okay, we're gonna lift our big toe up while the rest stay on the ground and back down. And it's literally just this one big toe going down and up down and up, down and up. 
And you'd be surprised how many people can't do this, lifting just their big toe while the rest stay down and back down, right? So right away, when I see people not able to do this, I already know that their gait must be messed up because they can't actively control that big toe. Um, and like, if you think about it from the side view, that big toe, like look at how much activation I'm getting into my arch. Like that's a lot. And if that big toe can't move freely, then this arch is not gonna be working the way it should. Um, and now another variation from that is that the big toe stays up while the rest come up and back down, up, back down, up, back down. A lot of people have trouble moving the rest of their digits independently from that big toe. A lot of times when I see this, they bring up all their toes, but I physically want people to keep that big toe down and keep the rest of the toes going down and up down and up right from there my next progression is all the toes come up towards the ceiling and just the big toe goes down and then back up just the big toe goes down back up and then the next progression is all the toes again up towards the ceiling but the rest of the digit so like the pinky toe to that uh, toe right beside the big toe go down to the ground and back up down to the ground back up now our feet should be pretty dexterous and like the next progression that I work on quite a bit is having all the toes up and aiming for one toe to go to the ground at a time. Kind of like if I was on a piano with my toes, I'm trying to go pinky, next toe, the next toe, the next toe and the big toe go last. Now, these movements or exercises should be quite simple for our feet, but you know, seeing this in action um, in my class, not a lot of people can do it. And some people can do one out of four and the rest are just terrible. They have a lot of, a lot of trouble doing that. So now imagine if you don't have full control of your feet, they're kind of just there. They're not really doing anything for you. So now when it comes to any kind of stabilization on one leg, meaning single leg deadlifts, lunges, step ups, any single leg exercise, even think of deadlifts and um, squats, anything two-legged, running, walking, all those activities of your lower extremities are required to have full functioning feet and toe uh, mobility, activation, everything. So if that's not working, something up the chain is going to compensate for it AKA your ankle, your knee, your hip, your low back, right? And a lot of times people will have those issues where like their knee hurts and they can't figure out why and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it comes down to their feet, right? And um, we haven't really talked about the ankle because the ankle also influences a lot of movement too. So the big thing um, with having adequate feet is also that ankle. So. We're gonna get into ankles a little bit. So remember how I was talking about how bottom of your foot has a lot of uh, fascia and soft tissue and it can get really, really stiff. Most likely if that bottom of the foot is super stiff, the ankle is super, super stiff too. So um, I'm gonna tilt this camera down and we can talk about ankle mobility. So if you look at my foot, man, my feet are so white and pale. I'm like Casper the Friendly Ghost here. Um, the ankle itself, you need adequate, I'm gonna tilt this up a little bit, 
adequate dorsiflexion, meaning I should be able to drive my knee as far forward as possible without my heel popping up in order for me to like squat, lunge and things like that, walk, run, sprint adequately. But a lot of times if people have toe mobility issues, activation, the bottom of the foot is super tight, then all the fascia that comes in the back here and in the front that wraps around, it's also gonna be tight. So a lot of times when I check people's feet, their ankle mobility is also super, super tight. So when I check dorsiflexion, it gets kind of stuck here. And most of those people will have some sort of deficiency when it comes to running, walking, whatever. So now I know that if I can fix the foot, it'll influence the ankle. If I influence the ankle, it's gonna influence the foot. It's kind of like a yin and yang type of situation here. Um, so sometimes all it is is just working on ankle mobility exercises, ankle cars, um, pails and rails in this uh, situation, rolling the crap out of like the soleus and gastroc of the back because sometimes the calf is super tight. I think for the most part, a lot of uh, people's calves are super tight and they need a lot of work. So sometimes it's just a soft tissue thing and more of like a neuromuscular control thing because sometimes when people do um, those toe exercises I showed earlier in my class, sometimes it's like they can't connect their brain to their feet and it's just kind of like waking shit up again. And that's why those little exercises work tenfold. And I've seen the progression because I've been doing kin stretch um, at our gym for close to a year now. And the people that have been really um, religious about it are now seeing the benefits. And I think it's those small little things that add up over time and are, it's always the small things that people overlook. And it goes to show just like anything in life, if you continually do the small things, they'll add up over time to a big thing, right? So I'm gonna leave it at that. That's a lot of information. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Start doing your toe intrinsics. That's what they're called, toe intrinsic exercises. It's gonna help a lot and it might come in handy, you know? Next time you drop a pencil, pen, whatever, you pick it up with your feet. It'll be like that episode in the office when Dwight was trying to practice 10 minutes a day with his feet to do everyday items and then spilled all the coffee on him. But, uh, let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out. Hit the show notes. If you're listening, hit the show notes to watch the video because there's a lot of um, good demos and um, or do the cliff notes cheat where you go to my uh, post about the toes and it'll help a lot. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Show notes again. Add me on Facebook and Instagram. I post a lot of video and photo stuff. I love you guys. Until next time.